Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we have Owen Beck details. We have Lane Hudson details. We're going to talk about Philip Mayshar this time since my Wi-Fi will not drop out on me. We're going to talk about everybody else from the draft, including my thoughts on Miguel Torini. And if I mispronounce that, I will get better. And we're going to talk about what's next for the Montreal Canadiens ahead of free agency. All that and more inside today's show. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 654 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for every season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metla. I am home in New York State, in Buffalo. And I'm joined, as always, by the very tired, the active stick, Laura Saba. Laura, it has been. Quite the weekend in Montreal, the hockey capital of the world. Sorry, Toronto. Deal with it. How are we feeling uh, two, three days removed from the NHL draft at this point? It's been a fantastic week. And I just want to shout out some people who have come up to us and said hi. I want to shout out the Steve Dangle crew, the SDPN crew, because we crashed their party. Essentially, (laughs) we went over to like hang out with them. And a lot of people who were there for the event came over to talk to us and, and, and recognize us from the show. So to everybody who was amazing to us, we are so grateful to you. It like it brings us so much joy to bring you this this show every single day, five days a week. And to hear that you listen to it, you know who we are, you appreciate us. Like it honestly, at some point I started tearing up. That's how much I appreciated it. Um, for people who are new to this show, whether you're listening on the podcast or whether you are new to the YouTube, we do not tolerate people abusing other people in our comments. So we will be deleting that mercilessly. I saw people arguing with each other. You're welcome to debate. But every time I, I try to keep on top of this, if I see anybody being abusive or even just a jerk to anybody else in our comments, whether it's myself or Scott, or more commonly to other people in our comments, I will be deleting that. That is a hard and fast rule. You will not be allowed to comment on our YouTube ever again because you have to respect each other. Please disagree. We love watching these debates and sometimes we get some ideas for content from, you know, the stuff that you guys are talking about. We love hearing from you. We just don't love when people are calling other people. And if you see anything, please feel free to bring it to our attention. You can email us at logtimecanadians at gmail.com. I try to go through the comments a couple of times a day. Sometimes like a reply won't be visible. If somebody is being abusive to you or anyone else, please, please, please reach out. They will be blocked from commenting on our channel. This is, you know, you don't have to agree with us or anyone else you do have to be nice and for those of you who are seeing a woman talking and it's bothering you i've been getting paid for my hockey opinions for 10 years i'm here i'm staying here this is not the show for you if this bothers you i was gonna say if laura being one of the smartest hockey people i know bugs you then it's your own fault and quite frankly no one's gonna put up with that you you will not win by being a bad person to my co-host or any other woman, person of color, person in the LGBTQ community talking about hockey because that feels different to you. That's your problem. Go it's figure you yourself problem. out. 
Yeah, exactly. go figure yourself out. That is our spiel on that. Don't be a dick, please. We <laughs> love to. I'm. I know that we're supposed to be a family show, but don't be a dick. We love debates in the comments. Debates are what makes hockey podcasting fun. Laura and I don't always agree. We don't agree with our guests sometimes. We don't agree with some of our other hosts on the network. You know what we do though? We can keep it respectful. If you are an adult on the internet, you should be able to do that. If you are a child on the internet, please learn to do that. It will serve you better in life. However, we're going to shift away from comment section etiquette, which, like I said, Laura said, follow it or pay the cost. Simple as mm -hmm. that. But I, I do, I do want to say very much though that we appreciated everybody who, who spoke to us and, and 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 even the people that we didn't get to see. There were so many. Beth from the Happy Hour, we missed. Randy Hansen, we missed. Two of our favorite people on this podcast, and we missed them. So hopefully there will be another time. But in the meantime, just thank you so much, and let's talk about Philip Mayshar because we didn't get to do that because of the Wi-Fi last week. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna put three people in one segment here, and maybe I'll shift one of them to the next segment if we need to time allowing here, but. Philip Mayshar, and if you haven't seen the video of Yuri Slavkovsky discovering that Philip Mayshar is on, was not only drafted, but was drafted to the same team that he plays on now, and his reaction, you need to watch it. It's one of my favorite clips from this weekend, uh, next to Bruce Boudreaux meeting Kevin Owens for the first time in the middle of the draft, which also you should go watch. It's awesome. I love this. I wrote Philip Mayshar's draft profile. This kid has so much talent and skill that if he can figure out the flaws in his game, he's he. there's so much potential. He wants to come over to North America. We know Uri Slavkovsky will very likely be playing somewhere in North America, whether it's with the Habs or with the Rocket. He can do both. Philip Mayshar can do both as a first-round pick as well. I think they may see if he wants to go to, I believe, an OHL team owns his rights, but... We talked about this a little bit on our Shorter Friday episode, but they went high risk and they did it with Lane Hudson too. All the upside in the world. Yes, he's small, but so much potential upside. I love these two picks because it's such a departure from the previous era that the Canadians went, we're going to take a chance. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. But they took a chance and I'd rather them try and fail than not try at all on this. I love the idea of Philip Mayshar. I'm very excited to see him at camp. I'm excited to see Lane Hudson, who had an endocrinologist note at the Combine saying that he will grow because he has a, I believe it was a hormonal imbalance, that his bones have don't grow at the same pace that he ages. And I think that's amazing. The man brought science to make people draft him, and it worked, honestly. I have nah. wanted him on this team since I heard about that, since I heard that happened. That is such amazing energy. It is king-ish. Um, it is, honestly, I, I love that. But let, let's go back to Philip Mayshar for a second. Um, because of the, you know, being in the city and, and, and you know, spending time with po lots of people, there were a lot of people, whether they were in the scouting prospect community or even working for other organizations that said that this was a good pick. You know, people talk about how after every draft, there's always the conversation amongst media, journalists, even other teams who won the draft. I don't think that this is a conversation that is helpful to anybody. I do think, though, that the Canadians got a really high draft grade. You know, people ranked them well they seem to be draft winners and by and large anybody who talked about philip mayshar yes there are flaws in his game but just imagine that he figures them out the upside here the potential here is so high that other people 
people who cover other teams, people who work for other teams, people with expertise say that if this pans out, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm not saying he's going to be the next superstar, but I'm going, I'm saying he's going to be a very key piece on a good team, the good team that we're hoping to see in a couple of years from now. And, and that's the thing is it's like, if it works out, which the good part is the Canadians are investing heavily in player development now. Like Philip Mayshar is going to work with Marie-Philippe Poulin. He's going to be able to be taught by Martin St. Louis at the prospects camp and everything. Adam Nicholas is part of this here. They have a sports science program that's so well-renowned. They have top-notch facilities, not only at the Bell Center, but in Brossard and in Laval, if that's where they end up. There's so much here to like. And Lane Hudson, yes, he's small. He's the smallest you know, defenseman ever taken. Byron Bader talked about this, but his star potential, if he develops the way that he can be, puts him on pace to be an absolute stud in the NHL. There's so much talent there, and it's exciting. And we haven't even talked about Owen Beck, who I'm going to shove into our next segment here because I love Owen Beck, someone I've talked about a lot on this podcast if they weren't picking Shane Wright. And I, I like being right get to that on another day i'm excited there's so much still to talk about in the draft we're going to get into all of that coming up next but our next partner has a product that i take every single morning because it helps me achieve what i want every single day i am talking about athletic greens and they've got 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens that'll help you start your day right too It'll help your gut health, help your immune system, your nervous system, energy, recovery, focus, all of these things you can get through Athletic Greens. And you, everyone takes a multivitamin. At least they should be. And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And eight, Athletic Greens is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day and take care of yourself. And your subscription to Athletic Greens comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add when winter rolls around and it gets kind of dark outside and you don't get much sunlight. And they've got over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million pills or supplements. And to make it easier on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back. We are locked on Canadians. We are tired. It has been a very long weekend. I've eaten so much Montreal food staples. We have brought back a dozen bagels from St. Vitour. I will not hear slander about them. They are delicious. I have finally had Montreal bagels. Team Fairmount. This podcast is over. I am looking for a new co-host, or my co-host is looking for a new co-host as well. This is our civil war. Uh, that is our off-season content. We're just going to debate bagels. Uh, I hope you're all ready for that. <laughs> we do have to get back. We still have several more draft picks because the Canadians only traded – well, a couple of picks in the Kirby Doctrine. But the point being, I want to talk about Owen Beck before we get into some of these other picks here. I love this. Starting off day two by picking Owen Beck put me in a great mood for the rest of the weekend. I was a little apprehensive after uh, leaving Thursday night. Uri Slavkovsky, Philip Mayshar, 
high, high, high upside. Kirby Doc potentially high upside. But I felt uneasy about the overall plan. They hadn't hit a thing that I go, that's a surefire bet. Then they started their day with Owen Beck. Owen Beck is very well regarded. If you have a chance, read Elite Prospects scouting report of him. Lauren Kelly, who I've been on Game Over Montreal with, she's one of the best hockey minds out there in terms of scouting OHL players. And just in general, she's phenomenal. Has nothing but glowing praise for him. He skates well. He's defensively responsible. Could work on his playmaking, but he does all the little things right. And it almost reminds me of an Arturi Lekkinen light, but in the middle of the ice. He has all the tools to be just so versatile. Move him up, move him down, put him here, put him there, put him on the penalty kill, put him on the power play, put him five on five. Owen Beck has all those tools to be a surefire NHL bet. Even if the ceiling isn't super high, like a Meshar Slavkovsky, there's still talent there. And I think this was a great way to start day two. You took two big swings. Now you bunted for a single. And then they took Lane Hudson with the next pick and started swinging for the fences again. I love the draft strategy idea. And I love the idea of Owen Beck as a Canadian's prospect. I do too. I, you know, I, I, we, I know we were supposed to be done talking about Lane Hudson, but I think it symbolizes something which we talk a lot about on this, on this podcast. It's, it's a buzzword that I like ever since it started in major league baseball, like exploiting market inefficiencies, right? One of the, one of the market inefficiencies, and I don't want to get yelled at, uh, yelled at for this. You might disagree. Uh, and that's fair, but, um, I don't think I'm wrong because there's actual data to prove it is that short players very often they are an in like they're in a, an extremely um, unexploited market inefficiency amongst NHL teams. And if a guy's only knock is that he has, he doesn't have the size, it's true. You can't teach size. You can't add size. But when you're moving into an NHL that is not the same NHL as five 10, 15 years ago, you are moving into a speed and skill league and you're getting closer and closer. Like you can't turn around and say Tampa keeps finding these short players that are talented. It's because Tampa keeps picking the short players that are talented that nobody else is picking, (laughs) right? That's what's happening. If you add skill to your lineup, they do have size as well. I mean, you literally could look at their number one overall draft pick. It's not like they are running away from size. They traded for Kirby Doc. They want some size up the middle, right? Like Nick Suzuki isn't a giant, gigantic guy. So when you're doing something like that, when you're swinging for the fences, you're taking some risks. You had so many picks in this draft. You were able to get away with trading multiple several picks and still keeping you know you had twice as many i think almost as as the new york rangers did for example um you have to you have to take some risks i do like though owen beck because we talked a lot about having a higher floor lower ceiling those are the players that you're like all right this guy is going to be an nhl right barring some crazy freak thing like if if the Canadians and the other thing about taking all of these risks that they're doing is that they are putting their money where their mouth is. How many times have you heard since Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes later took over, how many times have you heard the word development coming out of their mouths when they get asked about the plan, the future, their strategy, everything? They use the word development. This is a chance for them to say, we're taking this raw skill and we're going to do everything in our power. We have the financial wherewithal, we have the actual capital, the social capital as a team, to put a lot into development. This is their chance to prove that they're going to do everything they possibly can to get the best out of these players that they pick. Some of them will not pan out, but at least we will know it's not because the team messed their development up. And the thing is, 
it, the rest of their draft wasn't overly risky. I, I would say it actually seemed kind of safe, maybe a little safer than I would have liked on some of the picks. They went a lot for overage guys, uh, Jared Davidson, uh, Petri Nermi, uh, Miguel Torini, who I will talk about in a second. But their middle two picks there, uh, Cedric Indone and Vinces were here. And if I mispronounce those, I will learn how to pronounce them in very short order here. I was sitting next to Hattie, who does the North American scouting or prospects for Eyes on the Prize and works for Dauber Prospects. And there's something there. There's a work ethic in these players and things that the Canadians saw. They went after a lot of guys who think the game well, even if the stats aren't always there, in that they know what they're doing with the puck and they're learning and adapting like a sponge. And I love that. I really, really like that about these guys here is that, yeah, they're not the highest ceiling picks. They're not, you know, guaranteed bets, but they have all the things coaches love. They're relentless. They try hard every single shift and try to make things happen. And I want to talk about Miguel Trini a little bit because he is an overage player, draft minus two at this or plus two at this point. He's 20 years old. He's a five foot eight defenseman who's played who plays for a Katie Bathurst in uh, the QMJHL this past year. So he's teammates with Riley Kidney. And before that, he played for Blaineville Boivriand, the Armada, and was traded this year. He put up 81 points as a defenseman. It's a, he, and I think it was Nick Bobrov or Martin Lapointe who says, when I was watching him, I thought he was a forward at first because he loves to get into the play. And we, we talk about all these seventh round picks. Xavier Simino just signed an AHL contract. Obviously, Rafael Harvey Pinard has his NHL contract. Caden Primo has an entry level contract and is, you know, the goalie of the future. And Jake Evans has been a regular NHLer for what, three seasons now? He was a seventh round pick, almost one of the last picks in the draft. And I'm wondering if they just went, you know what, overager, they did it with Harvey Pinard. They did it with uh, Xavier Simino. I really hope they're doing it with him because he's eligible for an AHL contract. And if they're going younger in Laval, or if he, even if he goes to the ECHL with the Lions right now, I love it. It's your last pick of the draft. Who cares if he's small? He put up 81 points as a defenseman. Go for it, right? That's what the draft thought should be. It's the last round. No one's going to roast you because you didn't draft this dude and you drafted this guy. It's your 200 picks in. Everyone wants to go home at that point. A hundred percent. I absolutely agree. And I, I think, you know, we've got so much to talk about that we, we are going to have to move some of the discussion that we wanted to do today for next episode. For example, people want us to talk about Shane Wright. People want us to talk a little bit more about Kirby Doc, the loss of Alexander Romanov and, uh, and also obviously the first overall pick and all of that we will go a little bit more in depth into some of the storylines tomorrow but i think for now we just wanted to kind of do a quick recap and i think you know the the overager thing is really fun because the canadians have had a lot of success with not just overagers but also undrafteds right like if you put in the right work and the player is like there was talent there that maybe it wasn't being brought out for whatever reason and you put some work and you work with the player or something like that like sometimes you get a great gem out of it. I mean, Martin St. Louis himself was never drafted and he's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not just about where you get picked or if you get picked at all. It's also about what resources are put into you and how you respond to that. Yeah. And obviously we will get into right. Slavkovsky losing Romanov, everything else in tomorrow's episode. Obviously we have a ton to cover. That includes the rumors going around, obviously sitting in the press row, you hear and see a lot. And a lot comes across Twitter, and we're going to dive into all of those coming up next. 
But first, like we said earlier, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, and they are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can get breaking developments, league reviews, news. Obviously, the NHL playoffs are over. Free agency's right around the corner. They got betting lines for that. Major League Baseball's in full swing, no pun intended. They've got everything you need there. And you get live wagering information, esports, and scores all at betonline.net. And you can also bet MMA, boxing, golf. It is all there. So head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. We are back with Lockdown Canadians, and we've got to kind of do the the speculation roundup, we'll call it. Uh, a lot over the weekend, a lot coming from Kevin Weeks, and not a lot of it really came too much of anything, at least in terms of things for the Canadians. But there were two names that he mentioned around the draft is that Kent Hughes received a tremendous amount of calls on Josh Anderson and that with all the goalies moving around, we are still waiting on a potential Matt Murray to Toronto trade that was coming around when I left Montreal seven hours ago and is around here somewhere. Uh, we don't know when it's going to happen, but Jake Allen's name was around with Washington, I believe New Jersey, Edmonton, and Toronto all considered in the mix for it. And my biggest thought with this, the Anderson trade rumors aside, which I don't think there's anything there currently, I don't see them trading Jake Allen. I don't think they can trade Jake Allen right now. Not because teams don't want him. I'm sure every team and not every team, but a good chunk of the teams looking for a goalie would love Jake Allen. The Canadians can't bank an entire season on Carey Price's knee being hundred percent when they don't know yet. And they're not going to trade away Jake Allen yet. And I don't, I get it makes sense, but it, it ignores the context of the Canadians then don't have an NHL goalie they're a hundred percent sure in if you trade Jake Allen at this moment. Right. And so I think one of the things that we have to remember is with the Josh Anderson thing, the Canadians have always made it clear that they're listening. They're listening, right? They like him, but they want to get a lot for him, which is fair. Now, Josh Anderson for me is the kind of player where other GMs have FOMO over him. It's not what he brings to the team. It's, what you think you're missing out if you don't get him. I think that's why Mark Bergevin paid him a lot of money. I think that's why he was traded for in this market. And anybody who's listened to this podcast for even one second or follows me on Twitter knows that I love watching Josh Anderson play hockey. It brings me joy. He is phenomenal and fun to watch. He's a gigantic force. But the fact that Kent Hughes keeps bringing up that teams call him and he said, I didn't, I didn't know how much interest there was actually going to be. Like, I didn't expect it to be this, you know, frenzy, this interest in, jo- in Josh Anderson. Sure, Ken. Come on. Partly he's Have you dri- seen he, it? He's driving up the price, right? Yes. But also, I, 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 I would buy Josh Anderson uh, if he was available. Um, I, think, uh, I, think, I think, you know, jo- like, Kent Hughes is playing this really, really well because GMs will overpay for him. And he's waiting for the one who will right? He's probably getting decent value right now, but he's waiting to see if somebody will overpay for Josh Anderson. I think that's fair. With Jake Gallen, I think the team loves him. They love him. I love him. You love him. He does what he needs to do. He was brought in to be a serviceable backup. He was overplayed last year, but he came in and he had a lot of bad luck with injuries, but he came in and he knows whose net it is. He knows he's there to support Carey Price. He 
understands his role on the team and he's a player that can win games for you you know you just need him to be decent and that's what he is and this team has had a history of not good backups and I know the Canadians don't know what their goaltending picture looks like and as long as it's it's indefinite or unclear I personally think that they would keep Jake Allen around maybe flip him at the deadline it's towards the end of his contract they might flip him at the deadline but I think for me right now without knowing how well Carey Price can play and how much he can play. It is too much of a gamble to let Jake Allen go unless you know that you're going to be able to get a goalie. Maybe on on free agency day they do, and then they get to trade him. But I don't think that that's going to happen until they know somebody is going to be able to be in net that they can rely on at least a little bit next year. And I also look at it this way, is that there's a name that we know is out there. Like it was basically confirmed by Kent Hughes when we talked about it last week. No one is talking about Jeff Petrie. We hear names that we think aren't going to be out there, which tells me when the names we don't hear are the ones that are actually likely moving here. We've talked about Christian Dvorak. We have talked about, you know, Jeff Petrie before. We've talked about, you know, a Mike Hoffman or whomever. And I have to wonder, there's all this bluster around Anderson and this, and we go, ah, well, they asked too much. Maybe they can still get good value if they go, well, if you're asking prices too much for this, we have this here and they go, mm, well, we'll offer you this and it's a better pack than they might have before. I do think by tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenton Hughes is taking today to kind of go, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a steak and I'm going to go to bed early because it has been a very long weekend. And then Monday he just comes out and just goes pew, pew, trade, trade, trade right into free agency because the Habs need cap space. Kirby Doc needs a contract. Other players on this team that they need to resign need deals. And Nick Suzuki's new contract kicks in too. Like, yes, Shea Weber's contract is off the books. You still have Carey Price. You still have Jonathan Drouin. You still have expensive pieces here. You got to move around some cap space to make it work. And I think they will. And I think we're going to see a lot of movement here going into the trade deadline. And even a couple hours into the trade deadline, if big names are off the board, we're going to see teams circle back around to similar players here. It's fascinating because I don't know what Montreal is going to do. Last year after the draft, we knew that they were linked to Chris Weidman and Cedric Paquette and David Savard, and we kind of knew what their free agency was going to look like. We don't know what their free agency is going to look like this year. And that's exciting to I me. I think it's fun. It's it's super, it, it, like, you know, for the first time in quite some time, we're not approaching it with dread. We're approaching it with with question marks and excitement. To be fair, the last time we really approached it with dread, not counting last year, the year before that, they ended up with Tyler Toffoli for four years, which was great um, because they lost out on Taylor Hall. And I got really mad at Mark Bergevin on this podcast where I just pleaded with him to do literally anything. And he went, okay, and then signed Tyler Toffoli to one of the best value contracts in the NHL. But we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if there's going to be trades. By the time you're listening to this on Monday, they may have done something already. So... I, I trust Kent Hughes to make the right choice here. He's earning my trust as the GM currently, little by little. I know to not let myself be enamored with a small body of work. And let's see how everything goes here. We will have so much more this week. We're going to talk everything else, wrapping up the draft tomorrow. We are going to do our best to hook up hook up with a guest for a live show Tuesday night. For, so your Wednesday episode will be a live show Tuesday night. So they can answer all our draft questions and your draft questions. Fingers crossed on that. We have so much more coming this week. We will have a post uh, free agency show as everything goes down. I will be doing live hits. If anything crazy happens, we have you covered. 
do not worry. So make sure you are following at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe on YouTube so you can see our shining faces as we talk about all things Montreal Canadiens. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.